Welcome to Mazum Gumzo, African Scholarly Conversations, a podcast that highlights the perspectives of various stakeholders in academia and research fields across Africa through open dialogue on Mazum Gumzo on scholarly communication in Africa. Welcome to Mazungumzo, African Scholarly Conversations. We are joined by an expansive list of African policymakers, science communication specialists, innovators, and tertiary leads who contribute to this realm of science communication. I am your host, Joy Owango, the Executive Director of the Training Center in Communication. With us today is Ms. Aurelia Munene, an international researcher in gender, sexual, reproductive health, children and youth, and also a research mentor coordinator with over 15 years of experience in the development and humanitarian space. She is the founder of IDA Africa, an African women-led social enterprise that designs and delivers research mentorship with and for African academics, and also a steward and research mentor at the Author Aid Research Community. Welcome to the program, Aurelia. Thank you very much, Joy, for having me. It's such a pleasure. Karibu sana. Tell us a bit about your background and research journey. Okay, thank you. Um, my background spans a long, long journey. Um, so I started off my um, my my research my work as first a health worker. I am a trained nurse midwife. That's where I started. Those were my foundations. And I worked in that for seven years. And um, once I finished, um, just in between my career, I, I was working in an informal settlement and I recognized that um, we had we were taking care of very sick patients, uh, HIV, TB. And I, I realized there is more to health than the curative element. So I was very curious about the social element and the psychology element. So this took me to go to university and take a course in sociology, psychology. Uh, so I did that and I now got a better understanding of health. And so also shifted now from clinical practice to now more development work. While working there, I realized that um, there's a lot of development issues that intersect with health that I needed to understand further. So I applied for a master's and this led me to the International Institute of Social Studies at The Hague, Erasmus University, where I did a master's in development studies. And then um, I did also a uh, majored in social policy. So that was a great grounding for me. And that's where my interest for research um, developed. And I came back home in 2014. I was on a scholarship, the New Fix Scholarship. And when I came back home, I, I had changed. I had changed from someone who would never read an academic paper, scholarly paper, to someone who at least could make attempts. And when I came back, I was interacting with uh, other postmaster students, and I recognized that most of them were really struggling to finish their, their thesis. And I started wondering how come, because I had received so much mentorship. So that's when the idea of, I think we need to have within the research ecosystem, extra support uh, for students who, who do not receive funding from universities and cannot access very structured mentoring. 
So, and this is within especially the social sciences where a lot of um, interest is in the STEM, but a lot of students who struggle a lot are in the social sciences where there's not too much funding. There's also an assumption there isn't so much need, but there were so many people who were struggling. So just to finish off how then we came, how then the, the idea got born. So I put up a poll um, on Eventbrite and just said, if you are struggling with your research, please come for this event. And then I called four panelists of esteemed African scholars to come and just speak to the students, just to give them hope and motivation. And we got over 80 plus uh, registered. And that's when we recognized, I think there is a need. So many students are struggling. Um, the universities are there, they're doing a great job, but they are, maybe they are, they are overwhelmed. Um, it's not easy for universities to allocate one-on-one -on -one support or to even run communities. And then that's when the idea of could we run a community that supports, supports each other and we can grow together as researchers in the continent. And that's how we started basically. So in essence, you went to do research in, in uh, policy, administration and policy, and also in uh, gender and reproductive health. And you came back seeing a bigger problem beyond the research that you're involved in, the capacity the research capacity support that is needed to be availed to, to early career researchers. Now, with this amazing foundation for IDA Africa, tell us more about how this platform is, uh, is managed. How does it work? Is it an online community? Is it a blended community? And how many people are in this community to date? Okay, so IDA Africa, the structured organization started in 2016. That's when we registered, but we started activities late 2017. So we started with physical meetings because I felt that one way to connect best as researchers is just seeing each other. So we would have tea, we would donate snacks, and then we have a research topic calling someone maybe who had a PhD or someone who was very good in that specific uh, topic. It could be literature review. It could be how to do analysis, how to craft a research question, and then have that person take us through a three-hour session. So that's how we began. And we, we it, one thing that um, was difficult was space, getting a free space to do this, but we were supported by uh, members in the club who said my university might have a space which you could use. So we did that um, till COVID came in 2020. So it was physical meeting twice a month till COVID came. When COVID came, uh, we, we couldn't meet anymore. So we decided to now do online. On, with online now, um, we, we looked at what platform will enable us to have a personalized almost personalized attention to members because that was the foundation. And we thought of WhatsApp. People already in Kenya use WhatsApp a lot and they use it for different things. And we thought maybe this is a platform which is easily accessible. It is, it is you don't pay anything and you can more or less have um, um, an interpersonal relationship. So we opened uh, what we call journal clubs. And then we started encouraging members 
to bring other members. If you know someone who's struggling, bring them on. So the, the group quickly filled. We moved from 15 or 20 who were meeting physically to 200 to 500 to 800 to 1,000 uh, members. So uh, we decided then with all these people in the group, we need to have a bit of structure. Otherwise, it should just be another WhatsApp group. So we did um, an assessment. So you register and say, what area are you struggling with in your research? What kind of support you need? What kind of resource you can also bring in the club? Because it was free. There was no funding. There was no money uh, in it. And so members registered. Then we decided we need to structure a few activities that people can learn research without feeling very compounded or feeling very because one thing that people uh, i noticed they did not love research it was boring it, it was hard it was not practicable so how can we structure mentoring activities that are fun that are more engaging so we desire we designed a few activities we borrowed we did a lot of research just talking to people who've been there so some of the activities we now do uh, that have run on we have what we call the mock defense, mock, mock presentation, where students who are going to take on their defense, they're going to defend their proposals. They can, they can have a panel within the group, uh, sit and listen to them and give them feedback. Then we designed activities around um, having mentorship calls. So twice, two Saturdays a month, we have two mentors, I included, we take on 30 minutes call, we sit with a student and just ask them, what are you struggling with? They book early and then we go through that. Then we also have Shut Up and Write from the global Shut Up and Write movement. We saw that many students are coming for training, but they don't write. They don't have time to reflect, think and write. So that's when we said we will have twice a week, two hours of moderated, just keep quiet wherever you are and just write and work and think. Then we also had um, activities like critically reviewing a text. When I was at The Hague, one of the courses we had to take was a reading class and a writing class. And this is not availed a lot in our university. So the critical reading of a text helps us to sharpen our reading and become critical readers and critical questioners. Then we've had webinars. Uh, these have been very popular. Our website, our YouTube is full of webinars and we say these webinars we will not just focus on professionals one way to learn research is by doing so what do we do we ask members these are the topics members are struggling with who would like to present so members volunteer themselves and then um, they they say i'll deliver this and then we support them we review the slides we book them a meeting so if you go to our youtube page you'll find most of the webinars are done by students because we wanted to really bring the visibility and the voice of students in research. And just to mention two things, what is the type of membership we have? So for us, we, we wanted a multidisciplinary approach to research. So we invited members from different disciplines. We have uh, members from over 15, 19 universities in Kenya and now in Africa coming together to learn together because we also want to break the silos between universities. We also have men and women. Um, and then we also say that from undergraduate up 
to a lecturer, you are welcome. So our group, we have undergrad, a few, majority are PhD students, we have masters, we have postdoc, and we have university lecturers who say, I am also in school, or I want to get better, and I have my own students, let me bring them in the platform. So that's how we have uh, grown. And just to say our four values are one, research is learning by doing. We are founded on the values of Ubuntu. So that's why you'll see most of the activities are run by members because we believe everyone has something to share and we don't believe in hierarchies in academia. Those are the ones that really make people feel lost in academia that a professor cannot speak to a student. We don't have those hierarchies. Then we also believe in lifelong learning, that learning does not stop when you graduate. You have to keep learning. That's why we have members who graduate and never leave the group, because then we also want to form careers in research. Beyond just researchers, we want research managers. We want people who can coordinate research in the continent. And our founding belief is that um, we want competent, confident, and critical African researchers, because we recognize that Africa is one of the most research continent in the world, but most of the research is not done by Africans. We want Africans to tell our own stories. And if we build a pool of competent, confident, and critical researchers, then we are on our way there. Okay. So you've brought out a number of things that have caught my attention. And that is um, supporting uh, supporting early career researchers and pro supporting critical thinkers and uh, future early career researchers who have a, a good ecosystem to thrive in conducting research. You've also highlighted the importance of the fact that you are supporting the university eco uh, ecosystem and also acknowledging some of the challenges that the universities face, especially when it comes to supporting uh, researchers in the social sciences and researchers who are not particularly funded, especially when it comes to research uh, mentorship and support. And for this to happen, it means that you have to work with collaborators. So take us through some of the collaborations you have made that have supported uh, the ecosystem when it comes from and you know, when I'm looking at the ecosystem and uh, connecting it to the research uh, mentorship uh, process, it comes from coming up with the idea of research, of writing the research, of doing the research, writing the research, the publishing process to the whole entire ecosystem that would help them in uh, conducting. I mean, the whole ecosystem that will be within their research life cycle. Tell us the kind of collaborations that have come up and how they have supported the community. Thank you. So the collaborations we've had, we recognize that as much as we are very heavy on the student level, this is a pipeline issue. This is an ecosystem issue. There are issues within the research ecosystem that really uh, compound uh, good training of researchers and also the work of the university. So we decided that we will also work with partners who are in the ecosystem. So one of the partners we've worked with is the Association for Faculty Enrichment in Learning and Teaching. This is an association of lecturers in different universities in Kenya and beyond. And we joined this organization because we feel that we need to transform how we are teaching research in universities. The methodologies we are using, 
we need to rethink about the, the approaches, how we are guiding students through uh, thinking, through designing research projects that are meaningful, that are ethical. So we wanted to be in that space of shifting and transforming the teaching of research because most students, um, they take a methods, research methods course, but they cannot translate that into theory. And when I did my, my studies, um, my master's, I did a research methods course in qualitative and we had to practically go collect data, analyze it. So by the time you finish the course, you can actually analyze data. But our students, sometimes when they finish a research course, they can only memorize and remember the facts, but they cannot apply. So when we joined AFELT, I'm now I'm the research mentorship, um, I'm the research coordinator and the research committee uh, lead in AFELT. And there we are trying to see if we can introduce a postgraduate course in a university where lecturers can come and upgrade or even share their skills with each, within with each other on how do we teach research in transformative ways because that is the work I felt has been doing for a while. Then we looked at the ecosystem and said, who else is mentoring? And that's why we met TCC Africa, who is hosting me today. And we found that TCC Africa has had a legacy within the years of really supporting um, early career scholars in the area of publication, in the area of research. And we felt that joining together with them, they have a lead in this, in, in this, and we needed partners to help us also support the students better. Because once that window of ADA was opened, all the students just came in. It was too much. The demand was heavy. The supply was not um, as much. So TCC Africa has been supporting, providing cohort, um, cohort research courses, providing new thought leadership, even in the area of open access. And so that is very important for us. Then we also partnered recently on the area of peer review. This is one of the areas that finds most African students work never gets the light of day or researchers because of peer review processes that sometimes are unequal and biased. And so we partnered with funding from Welcome Trust that came through eLife. We partnered with pre-review, which has led a lot of work in um, training on, pre, on, on peer review. We partnered with pre-review, eLife, TCC Africa, Africa Archive, and Ada Africa to design a course that is open access for how can you train people to be excellent peer reviewers. So we have done that. We also decided to work with research organizations. One thing I noticed is that it's very difficult to be a research mentor if you're not doing research. And that's why I've always kept an active research career because I know the field and I know the theory and bridging that constantly as a mentor is very important. So working with organizations like nascent research and development organization, which was the foundation organization that built me as a researcher has been very good because sometimes I even take on members of the of the club that we run, the, the Africana Journal Club, and tell them, if you want to get the practice, come over. We have this research project. Come and do it, practice, and get better. So those are some of the organizations we have partnered with and also recently partnered with an organization called Beyonder. This is about wellness in academia uh, because we have a lot of um, 
violence and a lot of trauma in academia. And even as a founder, I needed to be well because it is overwhelming. And so Beyonder working with uh, Jocelyn has been great because they have brought in, helping us to think how can we build our mentorship on ideals of wellness and, and yeah. And so I think that's how we have partnered. I want to mention three people who have really stood, but they may not be in organizations, but they have really been with running these clubs. We run these clubs with so many students as four people. One of them is Dr. Wangare Joyce Goge. She has been a great force. She's a research mentor. She coordinates all these groups. We run these activities together and they don't, and, and sometimes I think we are very uh, biased to institutions of partnership, but I think also individuals who partner are very important. Then we have um, Raymond Monene, very supporting, coordinating our social media, and they all volunteer. And then we have David Neshley, who runs the knowledge management. So these are also people who have stood by me. And among all the other mentors, we have over 25 mentors who volunteer their time once in a while to, to really support the students. So I would never have made it without all these people coming in to just be there for each other. Thanks. This has been, it's really quite insightful on what you're doing and the strategic partnerships you're making in making, you're creating in making, you're creating that will help uh, not only the, the program, but also the early career researchers, because let's be honest, they wouldn't have access to this information readily if, first of all, the mentorship group was not there, and if you did not create these kind of partnerships, like the peer review, the scholarly communication training, the thought leadership, all this access to information would be a bit of a challenge to access, and uh, this is what you've successfully done by creating uh, this mentorship program. And this makes me, and of course, we've also talked about the challenges, you know, um, the, the, the administrative dynamics within the university, which make it slightly challenging in uh, supporting all students equitably. You know, we're not saying that they're not doing a good job. They're doing an excellent job, but there's so much they can do. So AIDA Africa is coming in as a support ecosystem such that uh, all students or the bulk of the students can be supported. And this leads to my next question what would you recommend as a practical strategy in cultivating research mentorship in one's career okay just before i answer that i would like to also say the partnership with other aid which also founded uh, me very well um, because other aid gave me access to a lot of resources and resource persons so Remember when you start mentoring, sometimes all these resources are everywhere and nowhere. And there are too many. So other aid was very important as a partner because of bringing all these resources in ways that can be accessible. I have been trained a lot, I'm a steward, and I've had now have access to even other students beyond Africa. Now, in terms of recommendation for research mentorship, I think research mentorship is critical. And it is critical because I realized how I was before I took my master's and my master's supervisor is my friend and mentor till today. 
and I see what her leadership and mentorship has done to me as a researcher. And that's why I'm able to, to really work in organizations without fear because I know my foundations are right. So research mentorship is important because it really strengthens your foundation as a young scholar, as an early career researcher. And uh, universities may not have the breadth, the resource to set up research mentorship programs, but they can work with partners, they can work with other actors in the ecosystem who can complement that role. Yes, universities are mandated to train and to qualify students, but then the one-on-one -on -one working with is very, sometimes it's not difficult, it's, it's difficult for a university to do that. And that's where organizations like ours, like PCC Africa come in. Because the, the other thing about organizations like ours is that we are also linked to many networks. We have resources in different places that we also bring into the mentorship space. So one of the practical ways I would say is to bridge this gap of their universities there and there are these other mentorship organizations. Let us see how we can complement each other's role because what the university can do, we cannot do. They have great expertise, they have the libraries, but even for us, we have more time, we can journey with, and we have all these resources. So that's one practice that I wish that communication can be stronger. And the work with Affelt, I see it's taking us there. The other practical thing I'd say is we really need to design mentorship programs that work for us. For us, we have iterated the mentorship programs every single time because the context change, the needs of the students are different. The type of students are also different, their disciplines. So we also need to develop scholarship in research mentorship within Africa. We need people to do research on this. We also need to um, develop research mentorship programs within universities. So universities can collaborate with us outside or we can come within universities and help to design mentorship programs and not just for the students. The other thing we recognize, lecturers are also desiring of mentorship because most of them have gone through the same system and they feel, I want to give my students the best, but I was not supported in a way that I can confidently support. I don't publish, I don't do research. So as a lecturer, I feel I really need support. So that research ecosystem has to be built also within the university. And the other day we supported one of the big universities here in Kenya to, to design a mentorship program for faculty. And, and how can faculty also begin wearing the lens of mentoring? Because mentoring is for me a very reciprocal process. It's not top down. It challenges the ideas of knowledge has to flow teacher students. It brings the idea of reciprocity in knowledge. And when lecturers start having that lens of, I can learn from the students, students can learn from me, we also begin transforming how we even teach. We begin to see mentoring as places of transformation, as spaces of grounding, of individuating, even in your own research area. So I feel it is space for mentorship, let the conversation become tighter, become more intentional. And we have developed resources, 
we have also uh, accumulated a lot of resources that we can use to design good mentorship programs in our continent. And finally, what I have seen within the continent, people are willing to share. African researchers are generous. I can say our mentorship program is supported by members. The spirit of Ubuntu is with us. So we have people who are willing to give back and give back in big ways. And so I just want to say, we can design mentorship programs that are transformational and they can uh, target different groups in the, in the ecosystem. And I cannot think of a better way to end this uh, podcast with what you've just said. Thank you so much, Mon uh, Aurelia. Um, your enthusiasm, your passion, and I know this is so cliche. Yes, they are cliche words, but you can't do work like this without passion. So your passion is recognized and that passion spreads to the mentees. And it also shows your level of commitment to supporting early career researchers. Um, also working with institutions in making them understand the importance of mentorship and also designing programs for them is, is a step in making the whole process of research mentorship much more sustainable within our African academic institutions. Thank you so much, Aurelia, for making time to join us. Until next time, do have a lovely day. Goodbye for now. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Mazum Kumzo Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on all our channels for more updates and for candid stories by researchers, policymakers, higher education leaders, and innovators on their journeys. See you in our next episode.